I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robison, and I want to say a special thank you to Jordan for guest hosting for me yesterday. I've seen some great comments, and if you watched that, please let me know what you thought. Um, I would like a few more days off. It's been almost four years of daily programs, and it's been a blessing. I've just had the opportunity to talk to so many great people, but that's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's almost like a thousand interviews in four years, which is crazy to think about, but it's worth it. And I am uh, honored and privileged to be able to sit here in front of you who watch, uh, many of you live, many of you in the replay, uh, on the different platforms. Uh, It's been such a great experience. And uh, today we're going to hit a topic that I think you will find refreshing, hopefully, uh, encouraging, uh, maybe instructional, maybe this will be a little bit of a wake-up call because we're going to talk about a topic that you know, you hear a lot these days about, you know, focusing on yourself. I can't love my neighbor like myself if I don't like myself. And and I think that's true. Uh, but but there is, a, I think, a road to walk there that's, that's down the center. And we can get too caught up in self sometimes and then sometimes completely negligent of, of ourselves. What is, what is the proper balance there? We're going to talk about that today. The title of a book that we're kind of talking around is Soul Care. And it's by Amber L.B. Swenson. And um, we're going to get to some core issues that um, we need to tend to. Uh, because the reality is when you talk about loving yourself, as loving your neighbor as yourself, if you don't like yourself, that's not a real good thing. Uh, and there's lots of other issues in this book. Appreciate you guys being here. Uh, chat is open if you're watching live. You can jump in and be a part of the conversation. Amber, welcome to Life Today Live. Great to have you. I'm- so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So ex- explain a little foundationally, um, you know, because we, we, we hear about self-care. Uh, yeah. And is, is that the same as soul care? Is there a difference? What, what's sort of the, what, what's going on with what you're talking about here? Well, you know, self-care is a huge topic right now. And it's also very complicated. So if you just do a Google search, if you're feeling a little run down, a little low, and you think, oh man, I need some self-care, and you start Googling self-care, how do I how do I do self-care? You will find everything all over the spectrum, from go get a massage to light a candle <laughs> to binge watch to don't, you know, you need to limit how much time you're on your screens. And so it can be super confusing. And this book was really written as sort of the Christian response to, okay, self-care is out there. So what what is the Christian's mode and method of renewing and reviving ourselves spiritually? Hmm. How do we hmm. go there? What does that mean? What do we do? do? Should we care? And the answer is a resounding yes. And right off the bat, I just want to make sure that people understand, I love biblical self-care. Hmm. So I'm all about eating right, and getting rest and exercising. So I don't, I'm not knocking self-care at all. I'm just saying, brothers and sisters, we got to take care of our souls. And if we're not doing that, it doesn't matter what you're doing in the self-care realm because you're missing the boat. You know, I think some of the knock on self-care would be uh, that a lot of what, like you say, a lot of what we hear is, is the world's take 
on right. self-care. What I hear you saying is that really, if you want proper self-care, it's soul care because it's what scripture says we should do to take care of ourselves. Is that a pretty good Absolutely. summary? In fact, yes, I would say there is no self-care for the Christian without soul care. Hmm. You have to have that component. If you're not taking care of your soul, you're not your body is not getting taken care of either. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So the first and the greatest command was love the Lord your God. So we're taking care of our our relationship mm. with, with, our, with our God and our Father, and then the other things will fall into place too. Yeah, I don't think anybody in the church is going to go, yeah, I've heard that. And we hear it, but do, do, do we get it? Do we sometimes get the priorities a little out of whack, do you think? I think priorities are a huge thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I honestly think that that was Martha's issue. Mm. I think with the story, the account of Mary and Martha, Martha was doing good things. Mm-hmm. She opened her home to her Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. That was a good thing. We all can pat her on the back for that. However, he was in her home and she forgot to listen to him. Mm. And I think we can all relate to that because we all have Bibles sitting in our house (laughs) and we all have our phones with the Bible app and with these Christian podcasts. We have it at our hands and our feet, right? It's all right there. And yet how many days do you go through and you get to the end of the day and you're like, man, I didn't crack my Bible open today. And you've spent, you know, three hours with the world. You've watched a movie, you've listened to music, you've done all this, but you haven't spent any time on your relationship with God. So priorities are huge. Some people will hear that um, almost in a legalistic way. Yeah, you know no, I mean? please don't. And, no, and right, right. In that, that I think is a, is a trick of the enemy. It's a lie of the enemy. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I didn't have my quiet time. How how do you approach this in a way that is is not condemning if you don't live up to your own standards or whatever? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and do it with the right motives, because I do think the right motives are really critical here. Yeah, I'm studying uh, Psalm 119 right now. And, uh, you know, the psalmist over and over and over is like, I love your precepts. I mm. love your word. Mm. Your your commands guide me. And, um, you know, that's the relationship I want with God. It is not that I have to. I don't have to open my Bible every day. I want to because I want a relationship. Yeah with my father. And, and when I do, I find the peace that I'm looking for. So I'm looking for all this peace and I'm looking for joy in my life and I don't want to be stressed. And, and God is saying, Hey, I've got it. It's, it's a gift. I've got it right here for you. So I just want to take hold of that relationship and spend the time that'll give me that peace and my joy and my rest. Are you, are you, you're married, correct? I am. I am. I think a little bit of our relationship sometimes with with God is is like a bad marriage where we go oh I have to spend time with God or I'm not doing the right thing and and that that's oh it's a dreadful relationship <laughs> really right. whereas if and and I discovered this in my in my marriage uh, I've been married 30 30 uh oh 32 years. <laughs> Don't tell. She's not watching. She's got my grandson at the house, so she's not paying attention. Um, yeah, 32 years. Wonderful. 25 of the best years of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so in, in, there, in, in, in the times where uh, my mind was not in the right place, in, 
from a marital standpoint. Um, I, I actually interviewed someone that I felt like he was diagnosing me in the interview. He didn't know it, but I was like, he was talking about marriage relationships. And I realized that the, the breakdown um, that had happened, which often happens when you've been married a long time, um, was cured by, at first, some discipline on my part. In other words, um, well, it was Emerson Egrich talking about the love and respect, the crazy oh, cycle. love that man. Right? Okay, so yeah. Yeah. Like, I, w- I was on the crazy cycle. Yes. And I realized, okay, I'm going to demonstrate love to my wife even when I don't feel like it. So there was mm-hmm. there was discipline involved there. And yeah, it was crazy how that helped bring us, you know, back to where we needed to be. Um, and I think too many times in a marriage relationship, I know I was, I was wanting her to act a certain way towards me, but I wasn't doing my part to, to nurture that relationship. And I think a lot of times with God, we go into it as well. I want to, when I got a problem, I want to bring it to God. I want him to solve it. When I need direction, I'm going to bring it to God and I want him to tell me which way to go. But if I don't, I don't need to, you know, I'd rather do my own thing. Um, but when we come to God in the right way, like you're talking about the psalmist said, you yeah. discover a richness in a relationship that uh, makes it fun. Is, is, that, yeah. is, that, is that the proper soul care? Yeah, you know, look at Jesus, what he said. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Mm-hmm. Look, I can't even get into my doctor without waiting three weeks, right? I can't go to my governor's mansion and just run inside the door and start talking and have a relationship with them. But Jesus is saying to us, like, hey, are you weary? Are you feeling burdened? And all of us would say, yep, that, I mean, that, hmm. yep, you, right here. And he's saying, hey, to- take my yoke on you. And what he's actually saying is, let's hang out. Hmm. Let's walk together. Hmm. Like, come walk with me yeah. and I'll show you everything. Jesus is carrying the load in this. But the yoke with the oxen is is so that one doesn't get way ahead and one's not way behind or one's not going off this way. We're walking together. And Jesus is offering us this phenomenal invitation. Here you have the creator of the universe who's saying, hey, come hang out with me. Not 10 feet back behind my bodyguards or whatever. Like, come hang out with me and I'll, I'll show you all. I'll show you the way. Mm. Like, how can we not want that? Mm-hmm. I think it's because we just don't get it. We don't We don't understand it. Uh, all right. Uh, I want to hit the book again. This is Soul Care by Amber L.B. Swenson, who, by the way, hosts a podcast called Little Things, and you can uh, find that through her website or wherever you hear your you know, podcasts. And she's actually tied in with, with Mike Novotny at Time of Grace. Uh, they do a lot of work together. And Mike, one of my favorites, um, been just a joy on the program. So I want to let people know where they can follow up with you. But on the soul care topic, um, are, are there some practical things that if someone's like, okay, that, that sounds good, um, where do I start? Well, I listed, this was probably the easiest book I've ever written. I've written like nine books. Some of them are I'm co-author on, but um, I kind of took and laid out what are some of the threats to my own soul care? Mm. What are some of the things that I struggle with, which is priorities? You hit one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them was worry. As a woman, I tended to worry and I embraced worry. And I thought that I could wear it like a badge of honor. And I realized that that really affected my relationship with God. 
And one of the things that really struck me when I was reading Matthew 5, which we all know, you know, do not worry, do mm-hmm. not, you know, <laughs> we know it, we read it. I had actually cross-stitched that onto a <laughs> Christmas stocking that I hung up, and yet I'm like, I'm a worrier. But when I, the last time I read it, right before I wrote this book, I realized it was a command. It wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't like, hey, if it works for you, don't worry. When it, when I read do not worry, it sounded an awful lot like do not steal, (laughs) do not murder, (laughs) do not commit adultery. (laughs) And when I dug into that and realized God is saying, look, just look to me and see who I am. If you know who I am, because we've read his word and we see who he is and this is the this is the same god who was able to calm the storm and heal the diseases and and you know make the blind man see once we realize who this is then when we pray to him and when we're we're giving our worries to him and putting them in his hand if we know who he is we honestly can walk away without worrying so that was a huge part of like, oh, this is affecting my soul so, and me learning not to worry. Let me, let me ask a question there because mm-hmm. it's so much easier to say than do. And obviously you, yeah. you know that, right? I do. I do. I lived in it for years. Yeah. So I, and you say, I'm just going to give it to God. And when you're in the moment, mm-hmm. that is 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 really hard to actually do sometimes was oh it for sure is was there any breakthrough kind of thing that did it yeah (laughs) yeah so my my colleague pastor mike he says that worry is living in the land of what if right so Mm. what if this happens what Mm. if that happens what Mm. if that happens i have older children my children are 15 to 23. the vast majority of the time i have zero control over where my children are or what they're doing So one of them is married, one's off at college. The 23-year-old, she flies everywhere. She goes to Europe, she goes all over. And I think that was part of my, like, worry. You know, I couldn't protect them. I couldn't, I was their mom and I couldn't. And it was this realization that now as I pray for them, which I do, I pray for them and I say, God, you are faithful. You love them. I say this out loud to calm myself. Mm. You are faithful. You love my children. I can trust you with them. And the funny thing is my producer reminded me one day, she's like, I mean, you do realize that it's so funny to say, I can trust you with them because he entrusted you, this very flawed human being (laughs) with bringing them up as Mm -hmm. if you could keep them alive, as Mm -hmm. if you can, which isn't that, isn't that the gist of it? When we realize who God is, he's faithful. We can trust him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it comes down to a lack of control. I don't have control over this situation. 100%. And, and what you're saying is that, and, and we'll say it as Christians, oh, God is in control, you know, but acting like it and, and resting in it uh, is, is, is a whole different thing. Um, but that, I think the good news is for anybody that's struggling with this, um, and it comes and goes, I, I get it. The good news is that you can get to a point where you don't worry and God will give you rest and peace that passes our own understanding because it doesn't make sense to us. Uh, Absolutely. And then, yeah. And so I, I really, it's big for people to hear, but um, actually getting there is even bigger. 
what has your worry ever done for you? That's where I came to, right? So <laughs> I worry, yeah. what has your worry done for you? What has it done for your life? Because I'll tell you what it's done for me. It's robbed me of sleep. Yeah. It's robbed me of peace. It's robbed me of relationships because I was calling my kids like, where are you? You weren't home at 1201. Your curfew was at, at, at 12, you know? Mm. And they're like, mom, seriously, I shouldn't even be talking on the phone. I'm driving. You know, so the point being that my worry has done nothing for me. Trusting in God has given me a peace um, that I can't get from worry. So mm -hmm. why do I keep falling back into that worry when it's not serving me well? Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's too good of a question. <laughs> I've got no great answer for that one. I can't hold on to it when you put it that way, Amber. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I can't either. And yeah. that's that's a realization of working through this as I'm writing the book. I mean, worry was just one of the things, priorities, one of one of the things, comparison. I'm a woman. Um, comparison is a huge thing. We're on this social media, Instagram world, right? And someone is always prettier. Someone is always better. Someone has their house more together. Their house is decorated. Their children are more accomplished, <laughs> right? I mean, every, every time you turn around, somebody's got it better than you. That can totally rob you of the peace of your relationship with God. Yeah. If you think, he has blessed that person more than me. Then you're what you're really saying is, God, you must not love me because mm. you didn't give me what you mm. what I need. Mm. And when you get to a point of realizing God has given you everything you need, and you are grateful for it, then it that can, that comparison game just falls apart. Yeah, and we all know, right? Social media is a lie. Mm -hmm. So we can put whatever we want. We just were in Alaska. My family was in Alaska. My my daughter just posted these pictures. We went up this mountain, we hiked on the mountain, and she has all these beautiful pictures of us hiking. What you don't hear is the complaints, right? <laughs> you don't you don't see the blisters. You don't see us saying, I can't go anymore. My husband's saying there's a hiker's high and there's a hiker's low, and this is definitely the low. I mean, you just, you can make social media look so good, mm -hmm. but it's a lie. It, it is. It's, it's like... People think that that's actually downtown Fort Worth behind me. It's a picture of downtown Fort Worth. Right. Because it, it, when you're on the screen, it's it's all smoke and mirrors for the most part. But And, and I, I appreciate you pivoting there from, from worry to comparison because these are all important things. But you mentioned another word in there that I think is also, uh, I mean, not just essential, but massive component to soul care. And that is gratitude. Mm -hmm. Because... As soon as you start looking at what you don't have or think you need and, and don't get, that's, boy, that's a, that sucks the spiritual life out of you. But when you start to appreciate every little good thing in your life, I mean, it's, it's like it's a 180-degree turn at that point. It is. And, in fact, I have a good friend. We just finished a book together. It's just coming out as we speak. And uh, she is, she's got her PhD in education and she did her thesis on uh, thriving. What causes people to thrive? And there are several components, but one of them is gratitude. Mm. One of them is looking for the things to be grateful in your life because your brain actually changes. So you will get stuck in grumbling or you will get stuck in gratitude. And whichever you do, that's the path your brain will take. So mm. if every day you get up and you're like, oh, it's cloudy today. I don't feel great. I have an ache and a pain. I'm tired. That's where your brain will go all day long. It will see the bad. It'll mm. just keep looking it. But if you get up and you're like, Oh, I can breathe. Wow. I had a bed, clean water. Who, I mean, unbelievable. Thank you, God. Right. Your brain keeps going there and all day long. You're just going, 
God, you're amazing. I have food to eat. I have a family. Are you kidding me? I have technology. I don't have to, you know, run and try to chase somebody down to tell them something. I can, with the click of a few buttons, say, hey, I'm thinking of you today. And your brain will go there and it changes everything. It changes your whole mentality. Yeah. I, I, I think that every person, as a young person, especially late teen, should, should spend about a month in some place like Burundi, where I was this year, or South Sudan, or, you know, because you, you spend time in these places where you don't have anything. You quickly quit griping about the stupid things that we gripe about, and you get real thankful real fast uh, that we do have the, the things, you know, the clean water being a big problem over there. Um, just, but just the, the, the value of life, you know, even that we have here in the developed world, it's just, if we, if you can't find something to be grateful for, I think you're headed down a path of of misery and you're going to make other people miserable in the process. And I, to me, gratitude is like quintessential in, in soul care it just leads to uh, a much more full and, and pleasant life you're more pleasant to be around so a big one all right well, and look at that with your relationship with with soul care look at that as a relationship with your maker mm. you know as a parent mm. if you've given everything to your children and all they can do is grumble to you yeah. dad why don't i have this yeah. dad why didn't why why can't we go on that vacation why don't i have this car why can't i and you're thinking, look, buddy, like I, I've given you a bed. I've got food. You were in baseball last year. We paid for the uniform. We pay, you know, you think of what we're saying to God mm. when we grumble versus what we're saying to God. Think of how that does affect our relationship with God when we're like, what another crappy day? Like you haven't given me what I need. Yeah. You know, it absolutely affects our relationship with God so much. Mm. All right, I'm going to skip a few more great points in soul care. So if you're interested in them, you're going to have to pick up the book. You can get them where you pick up books. Um, because I want to jump to the end because this is another one that I'm just, just hearing all over the place. And that is people that have been hurt by other people within the context of of Christianity, a ministry, a church, something like mm-hmm. that. And they get real negative towards all Christians at that point, you know. Uh, and a lot of times towards God, uh, and yet in soul care, you say, don't let church hurt, hurt your faith. Mm-hmm. What do you say to someone who's like, man, you don't understand. I, I was, I was abused in this church, spiritually yeah. abused, physically abused, sexually abused, all these awful things that we acknowledge is terrible. What do you, what, how do they not let that, uh, get in the way of their relationship with other Christians and with God? Yeah. Well, first of all, the biggest pain in my life so far has been church hurt. Mm. I mean, I expected to be hurt by unbelievers and I have never been hurt as badly in my life by anybody as I have been by believers. Mm. So I get it. I have gotten help. Um, In fact, uh, one of the things that has uh, just really made my relationship with the pastor who reviews my podcasts so great is that he has talk me down from a ledge Mm. multiple times (laughs) because there's a pain that I have not been able to get rid of Mm. from being hurt, being in these situations where people in the church 
have absolutely destroyed me. Mm. And it has led to me leaving committees. We had to leave a school. I mean, like, I get it. So first of all, I want to say I get it. It is uh, nothing that I am trying to just say, no, you know what? It's not an issue. Just get on with life. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is that that was sinful human beings that hurt you and not Jesus. Mm. And that Jesus um, loves you. He cares for you and he loves the church. So Pastor Mike did a wonderful series on, it was called Jesus Judges Churches too. It was on the (laughs) books to the churches from uh, the letters to the churches from Revelation. Mm. And he talked about one of the lines that stuck out that he said, as I was interviewing him for this, is he said, you know, Jesus saw how messed up these churches were. And what he didn't say is, hey, guys, we gave this corporate worship thing a go. Didn't work out. Let's just forget about it. Mm. Jesus loves you. And he also loves the church. So look, if you've been hurt by the church, don't turn your back on Jesus. Mm. Find a different church. Find a different group of Christians. And in soul care, I actually suggest to you, you know, after some time has passed, go back. What I have found is when I go back three, four years down the line to talk to those people, it's a totally different thing. There's a lot of, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, Amber, I didn't realize how my actions affected you. And because those Christians are still in the word and God is working with them and refining them and God is refining me. And so instead of holding the grudge and holding on to the pain, let God work through that pain with his love and his mercy and his grace. Find your other set of Christians who can walk you through that. But there is such restoration in going back and just having a conversation like, man, what happened there? And being able to hear, Hmm. yeah, I'm sorry. And that was bad. And I I didn't handle that the best. And not everybody will get that. I mean, you know, just having said that, that not everybody will get that. But forgiveness is something you do. God expects us to forgive because he forgave us. And we do it so that we don't have to carry that pain. Yeah. Like, just yeah. let it go and release it, whether the other person is sorry or not. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a decision that we make, um, almost kind of going into it. Like I'm going to let it go one way or the other. Yeah. And, and it's not a reaction. It's an action. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is good. This, this is, this is encouraging. Um, and, and maybe a little bit of a reprimand if, if you, if you hear it that way, it, it's Okay. Just know that whatever failure you've got, um, whatever hurt you've got, when you bring it to Jesus, when he says my burden is, is light, um, you're going to find open arms when you bring your issues to God. You're not going to find what a lot of religion has pounded into your head, which is now it's time to you know beat you over the hands with a stick or you know some sort of punishment coming your way jesus took the punishment on the cross um it's it's nurturing your soul and but you've got to get into the relationship uh timeofgrace.org is the website by the way uh, mike novotny and time of grace great organization if, if you want some great resources I, I just love the work that they're doing up there um, and then, of course, Amber's website, which is amberlbswinson.org. 
Uh, and if you're watching this, you can see the spelling. If you're just Google it. If you're listening on the podcast, you'll you'll find her. Uh, Soul Care. You'll find available. me at Time of Grace too. At, I'm part at, of it. At so Time. Yeah. Okay. So at Time of Grace. All right, Amber. Very encouraging. I think important conversation. Is there anything that you want to add before I let you go? Just don't give up on Jesus. You mm. know, your relationship with Jesus is far too important. And I understand. I understand the world that we live in and the distractions that come our way. I understand the worry. I understand the comparison. I understand the clutter. I understand the church hurt. The whole point of this, the point in the premise of this book is saying, don't give up on Jesus. He'll never give up on you. Hmm. So good. So encouraging. Appreciate you guys being here. If you want to encourage somebody, you can hit that share button. Uh, this is what her website looks like. So you recognize it when you get there, amberelliswinson.com. And appreciate you guys being here. By the way, if you haven't liked or subscribed or followed, uh, please do that. And you'll get more notifications of these interviews, hopefully to encourage you. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live.